Hello there. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Classroom Conversations. This podcast series is brought to you in partnership by Georgia Department of Education and Georgia Public Broadcasting. We are the platform for Georgia's teachers, and I am Ashley Mingwasser, a diehard teacher groupie. Speaking of fans, our audience knows that a few episodes ago, we spent some quality time together understanding the elementary math standards. If you haven't heard that episode, you might want to go back and listen. Today, we're attacking mathematics standards revision and implementation for secondary education. Total knockout style. And now, two introductions. Things here at GPB Studios are just golden. Kenneth Golden. Kenneth is our teacher feature, a seventh grade teacher at Smitha Middle School in the Cobb County School District. Hey, Kenneth. Hey, how's it going? Now, I understand you've been teaching for 100 years, or no, is that 10 years? <laughs> Which is it, Kenneth? So, 10 years I've been teaching. I'm in my second year here at Cobb County. Okay. And eight years with Gwinnett County. So, zeros matter before the decimal. My apologies. <laughs> Math education taught me that. And we're blessed with a second guest. We're happy to have Dr. Leah Snell return for part two. Leah is the Mathematics Program Manager at the Georgia Department of Education. Welcome back, yes, Leah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, this is what we call an encore performance, <laughs> and you're the first. Any heartfelt words, anyone you'd no, like to it's thank? amazing. <laughs> Our very first encore. That's pretty special. I don't know if there will be more, but you're the first. It's nice to have both of you pros here today. Thanks for joining us. Kenneth, tell us how you got into mathematics education. This is always interesting. So I'm starting out at Georgia State University, undergraduate program, and I'm a business major. Going through a business learning community with my cohort, and it's my uh, second semester, just finishing up with my accounting exam, and I realized that I need something more fulfilling. Mm. So I got an opportunity to tutor some kids, you know, tutor some elementary school kids, and uh, I was tutoring... uh, uh, interestingly enough, in reading and math. And so uh, I was tutoring in math, and they were like, hey, you know, we want you to be our teacher. Like, why can't you be our teacher? Oh. And so I just, I, I felt it. I was like, you know, my dad's a teacher. My godmom was a teacher, you know, and I've had some great teachers along the way. But, you know, I wanted to see myself more reflected in the classroom. You know, I had a few teachers, um, but not enough. So I, I just wanted to be, you know, that that teacher that I rarely got in the classroom that had the level of engagement that I had with these kids. So uh, that just set me on my journey to be uh, a mathematics educator uh, with a shout-out to Julie Pinto, who's one of the math educators who I strive to be like. So okay. she's really amazing from Cobb County. So uh, that's that's how I came into mathematics education. Well, I hope she's listening. Oh, yeah. That was just beautiful. <laughs> Leah, how about you? Honestly, do you ever tire of talking about math? What do you do in you your know, spare time? I am a math enthusiast <laughs> through and through. I, I absolutely love mathematics and, and I have a phrase that I often say, mathematics is the language of the universe. And I truly believe that. Um, so my career has um, provided me the opportunity to encounter so many amazing people um, from my start um, at Alabama State University where I was a math major and Dr. Uh, DeShields uh, really encouraged me to go into education um, after I finished a an internship in chemical engineering and realized that 
this wasn't the path that I really wanted. Like Kenneth said, I wanted something more fulfilling. And Dr. DeShields was right there saying, you should really consider going into education. Mm -hmm. And so I tried it and loved it. Absolutely loved teaching. And I've taken that passion into leadership experiences and now working at the Georgia Department of Education, able to work with teachers from all over the state to hopefully spread the love of mathematics and share that passion and, like I always say, mathematize the world. You you told me this, that you math, you what is it, mathematize? Yes. You mathematize everything around you and you're a chess player. Oh, yes. Tell us yes. more about chess that. Chess is one of my hobbies. I love to play chess and I love to um, reason through the game and try to figure out what the opponent is thinking in order to <laughs> conquer them and to have a checkmate. So I do love chess. And I also love to swim and um, traveling with family and, and making great memories with those are close to me. Well, if if there's a math addiction, you you have it. You have it. Good for you. Before we demystify mathematics team, I thought maybe we could mystify ourselves with a little round of jokes. Who doesn't love humor? Just just please don't think of this as your favorite new stand-up because it's not good material, number one. And number two, we're sitting down. All I can promise you are dad jokes. And I mean that I mean that literally though. This is from uh what is this website? Fatherly.com. These oh, are Legitimate jokes by dads. You ready? Yes. (laughs) Laugh or groan. Here we go. Joke number one. What? (laughs) I I can't even. What did the math teachers say about Amazon Prime members? Oh, Lord. They're grown on the first joke. (laughs) Any ideas? Amazon Prime members. Prime being the keyword. Prime members, of course. They are not composite. Oh, you're so close. They are odd. Oh, nice. (laughs) I feel attacked. I love Amazon Prime. What do you call dudes who love math? This one's good. Math my dudes. Dudes who love math. math. Uh, Let's see. uh, Mike. Math guy. (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth. Is that me? You're, no, that's not the answer, oh, but it should I be. Was like, yeah. <laughs> You're a dude who loves math. The answer is algebros. Algebros. Oh, nice. Nice. I love it. That's it's good. Algebros. You guys, you're going to totally use this in your classroom, aren't you? Yes. Yes. This one's fun. Why are parallel lines so tragic? You may get this one. Mm, let's see. They they never meet. They they'll yep. never come in contact with they each other. Okay. Oh, they never meet. They never meet. They have so much yes. in common, but they'll nice. never meet. Nailed it. <laughs> I like this one. What did the number zero say to the number eight? Oh, that's a nice belt. <laughs> Get it? Yes. Uh, Are you the author of this article on fatherly.com? I actually, my kids love my dad jokes. Okay. I do dad jokes. I was jokes gonna all say you time. thought yeah. you ate. Um. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that one. That's I like good that too. one. <laughs> Maybe too clever for fatherly.com. I didn't even know that you were my target audience here today, Kenneth. And here's the last one. What do you call an adventurous number? An adventurous number. Infinity. Mm. I like the way you think. Adventurous number. I'm stumped. A Roman numeral. <laughs> Roman. Roman. Oh, Roman. Gotcha. It's roaming. Oh. Get I it? What you're putting down. Okay. <laughs> That's enough of that. We're officially off task. Time to refresh our memories. The new mathematics uh, standards will take effect in 20. 20- <laughs> Leah's dying. They take effect in 2023. Is that right, Leah? That's right. What's the timeline? Give us the scoop. So the new standards were adopted unanimously by our State Board of Education on 
um, August 26, 2021, and they will be implemented in classrooms with, with students in fall of 2023. So we are actively preparing for that implementation and to get teachers and leaders ready for teaching those in the classroom with students. We've got some time. So we thought, hey, our teachers might just like a little help elucidating what's coming their way. And that's what we're going to do next. So let's talk about how a mathematical mindset is crucial for student success. How have you seen that to be true, Kenneth? So mathematical mindsets are super important in the classroom. And, you know, for teachers, that means facilitating a classroom where kids can make mistakes, you know, and be okay with that, you know. It's this conversation between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. You know, a fixed mindset says, I can't. And a growth mindset says, I'm not able to yet. Mm. And that word yet is so powerful in the classroom. Giving students an opportunity uh, opportunity to uh, just explore mathematics with uh, the ability to, to, to be wrong and, and to learn from their mistakes is it's such an important driving factor for understanding the concepts in the classroom, just having that ability to to just, you know, be free with the math. So uh, the mathematical mindset is super important, and facilitating that is something that we are going to make sure that we try to uh, push out to teachers as well. Leah, how's that crucial? It's absolutely crucial. There's not a such thing as a math person or not a math person. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the opportunity to learn math at high levels. So mathematical mindsets really bleed into counseling with students, guidance with school counselors, with leaders, with teachers, but also with parents and community at home. Um, We often say in media, for example, in movies, they talk about math being this dreadful thing, when actually math is beautiful. Math is a subject that should be explored by all because it is all around us. Everything that we do has some connection to mathematics. So giving students the opportunity to learn mathematics and focus on making sure that each and every student has the opportunity to be successful in the mathematics classroom. And having the mindset that mathematics is for all, then that would help our learners tremendously. Ah, so it's the beauty in the process of learning math. How did you two participate in the development of Georgia's new K-12 math standards? Leah, you go first. We engage with teachers in all congressional districts throughout the state of Georgia to review and revise the mathematics standards. We had the opportunity to pull together over 400 teachers in a room together, in multiple rooms, um, and thousands of constituents who provided feedback to participate in the review process. This was the largest involvement of teachers and stakeholders in the history of standards review, and we're really excited about that. Teachers from all areas of the state, teachers from all grade levels had the opportunity to determine what the specific content needed to learn by students was for each grade level that brought us to the place of having these adopted standards. And it's just been an honor for me to see this and lead this effort for the state and um, to come in contact with amazing teachers throughout the state who are passionate about making sure students have what they need to grow and be successful in any post-secondary opportunity that comes their way. Well done. Well, Kenneth, you were one of these teachers. Yes. Tell us about your role. So like, like Leah said, we had this great opportunity to meet with tons of teachers who had the same passion that I did with uh, how can we make the standards more accessible. 
And by accessible, we just mean how can we make the standards more clear for all the stakeholders involved. So uh, I got a chance to lead the sixth grade team and just having those conversations, some hard conversations and some, some really thoughtful conversations about having just a vertical talk about what's the logical progression going to look like, what should be taught now, what should be taught later, uh, what's age and developmentally appropriate. Uh, we just had these conversations and found ways to um, just make it, like I said, more accessible, make it um, feasible for parents to understand and students to understand and teachers to understand. Everyone to understand. Yes, yes. What is the main difference that, you, that you've seen in your perspective, Kenneth, between the old standards and these newbies? So uh, the biggest thing that I would say is, um, like I was talking about with the clear expectations, talking about that verbiage and talking about the intent. So we're going to be providing the resources within the standards so that teachers are able to deliver them uh, effectively uh, for their students. And uh, just with that, uh, we're, if I could explain it as if um, going to a destination, you know, we're, we're focusing more on the journey and the destination mm-hmm. and the vehicle that students are using to get there. So uh, what I mean by that is focusing less on specific methods that students are using and assessing those specific methods and just encouraging students to find those patterns. And you'll see reasoning all throughout the standards, um, focusing on that pattern, focusing on the reasoning uh, for students to kind of come up with their own way and their own, um, uh, their own methods that make sense to them. So you'll definitely see that. You'll see uh, teachers getting a, a clearer expectation and a clear picture of what's going on. So hopefully that, that comes through with the standards that will be implemented. And this uh, is true for the secondary education ones. Leah, what do you want to say about it? It is important to note that the change in the standards really focuses on students understanding what they are learning and focusing on reasoning. Every big idea that is incorporated in the new standards from kindergarten all the way through high school literally has the word reasoning because that is important. And it also is important to note that the standards have included some instructional supports that help teachers as well as parents and students in in the classroom as students are engaging and learning the specific concepts at each grade level. There are now suggestions for age appropriateness of standards. There are suggestions for relevance and application. There are specific ideas and suggestions provided um, that serve as examples of what that standard and learning objective actually means. Um, There are also progressions documents that help explain the key concepts at each grade level and what's taught in the years prior as well as what's taught in the years to come so that teachers and Parents and students can actually see the progression of knowledge from kindergarten all the way through high school. We're excited about that new addition to the standards um, because it will provide for more clarity in understanding what the standards actually mean. Um, Also, what's important to note is there is a greater focus on flexibility in problem solving where students can solve problems in any way they see fit. You make it plain what the purpose is, and you're rooted in significance, which I imagine creates less resistance to the learning. Absolutely. It makes it fun. Mathematics is fun, so it makes it (laughs) fun for learners and relevant. What would you like teachers to know about mathematics teaching and learning for students? I love it, you know, because math is so magical, you know, but we don't want it to be so magical that it's inaccessible. Yeah, Yeah. inaccessible. You know, you want it to be where you have this, this environment where students are 
allowed to explore, uh, giving students that opportunity to work on something concrete, getting hands-on mathematics, then moving to a representational where students are able to draw diagrams maybe, and then moving to the abstract, working on that concrete to representational to abstract, and then just allowing students to just to see those patterns themselves, you know, and genuinely and uh, sincerely come up with uh, things that make sense to them. You know, even in my classroom, I'm still learning from students that come up with new ways to uh, do you know, old math or the same math. Uh, students are just coming up with different ways to do everything. So I'm, I'm loving it. You you roll with it. I roll with it. What math are you teaching right now? So I'm teaching seventh grade math as well as a seventh, eighth math. So it is a uh, advanced class. Advanced. Seventh, eighth. Of course. Of course. Leah, <laughs> what do you want teachers to know about mathematics, teaching and learning for students? Well, mathematics, as we've discussed today, mathematics is an amazing subject with a lot of beauty. And so... I would say in the implementation of the standards, find ways to make mathematics learning fun. There are expectations that are specifically outlined for each grade level and each high school course. And the concepts can be taught in a way that students, where students get excited about learning mathematics because there are so many interconnections between mathematics and also mathematics in in other areas, uh, showing where mathematics really is relevant in everyday life. Um, So that's exciting with the new standards and having teachers get excited and then also letting their students be excited about teaching and learning of mathematics will help students engage at a greater level and also understand at a deeper level. And the message is not just, here are the new standards, go have a good time. It's there's support, there's backing, you have resources for educators. So let's start with that. What resources will exist that will help teachers implement the math standards in secondary education? Leah? So we have several resources that um, we currently offer on georgiasanders.org as well as our homepage at gadoe.org slash mathematics. All of the frameworks and curriculum maps and grade level comprehensive course overviews will be revised to align with the new standards. So that work is happening now. Um, Georgia's teachers are absolutely amazing. So we have tapped into the, the amazing teachers and brought them together for each grade level and each high school course. And they are taking the standards that have been adopted and now writing resources that include opportunities for engagement, opportunities for application and reflection for each unit, each grade level, each course that will all be released in time for implementation in fall of 2023. To comprehensively support everything, wherever teachers are, what do you think, Kenneth? What resources are teachers going to look forward to and love here? Yeah, so, you know, in addition to, you know, what Leah said about us, uh, because I'm on that committee as well, to work with uh, the, or tasked with um, writing the framework or, the task that students will be able to have to, you know, explore the mathematics in context. I'm also uh, a part of the virtual math specialist, which there are a few virtual math specialists that uh, we provide video professional development that will allow teachers to make that bridge from the current standards we have now to what's going to happen next. That's cool. So I get get to be a part of that, and that's just amazing. Who doesn't love a video on demand this day? Absolutely. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I I have to mention Brooke, Janice, and Mike, and Carla, and Issa, and and, um, our team, they 
on a monthly basis, ensure that there's content preparing teachers to implement the standards. So we want to get teachers um, connected to that on-demand content mm-hmm. so that they're prepared. And what are we going to do for our parents? I know so much of learning is it's not just happening in the classroom. It's starting right. there, but we want to reinforce that and undergird that at home with parents. What resources exist for our parents as they help their kids adjust to the new standards in mathematics? So in addition to the resources that will be provided, like Leah said, you know, uh, my biggest thing is just the encouragement for parents to make use of the experiences that they have at home. So uh, just as we say at our school, 30 minutes of reading a night will help you with your vocabulary and your stamina, your reading stamina. It's the importance of building that numeracy, and that's just a feel for numbers. So whether that's estimating the cost of groceries or estimating the cost of a bill when you go out to eat with your, with your family, or just talking about percents in real life, taxes, tips, and discounts, and helping students to estimate distances in real life. You know, these are just some examples of ways that you can uh, take, you know, outside of the content, just helping students get a feel for numbers. A feel for numbers. I'm yes. going to start using that whenever I'm having an off math day. My feel <laughs> for numbers is weak today. <laughs> Leah, what resources do you think that parents are going to love? So one of my favorite resources that we're providing for parents, um, we've created in partnership with Georgia Public Broadcasting. Okay. And it's the Make Mathematics Count Georgia series where we offer specific videos where some of our celebrities throughout Georgia, Georgia Georgia faces, Georgia celebs, um, come and talk about how important it is to learn mathematics at those levels. And then we also have parents who provide information on what is taught at each grade level so that other parents will know what to expect when it comes to their children's teaching and learning for each grade level. Additionally, for high school, we have guidance documents for high school graduation to to provide information for parents on what the expectations are for students to earn a high school diploma or meet the mathematics requirements to earn a high school diploma. And also, we have progressions documents that show parents what's taught from year to year. So it shows the progression of content from each year so that they know what students are supposed to learn at each grade level and what they will learn in subsequent grade levels for them. Additionally, the evidence of student learning is provided to to give more information about each expectation and learning objective and each standard and expectation for the grade level. So all of that is provided to really help parents have a full picture of what their children are supposed to learn at each grade level and course. Sounds like plenty. Yes. I want a window to your world, Kenneth. What math success stories have been memorable from your classroom? So I remember my first year at the current school that I'm at now, uh, we were talking about proportional relationships. And we were talking about it in context, a uh, proportional relationship problem. And uh, we started off by building up this foundation of what we learned in elementary school, uh, equivalent fractions. And that's all solving proportions is for uh, in-context problem anyway. It's just setting up equivalent fractions. So we talked about one-half equaling two-fourths, and, of course, we, we went through that. And then we got to problems where there's a missing numerator or a missing denominator. And so uh, students would talk about, well, how can we multiply to get from one fraction to the next? And some fractions are easier than others. And then there was, uh, I can't remember the context problem for, for this one, but I definitely remember the poster we made for the student. So the student uh, was, was tasked, or the students were tasked with this problem. 
where the fraction was like 4 over 6 equals 18 over something. And they had to figure out what that something was. 18 over dun-dun-dun. Yes. <laughs> so the students were like, well, Mr. Golden, we can't get from 4, four to 18. And what they meant was they can't multiply a whole number to get, to get from 18. 4 to 18. So mm-hmm. I prompted the question, well, how close can you get? And they said, well, we can do 4 times 4, get us to 16. And I say, well, 4 times 5 is what? And they said, oh, well, that's too much. So you see the kids reasoning, and they say, okay, well, it's got to be somewhere in between, uh-huh. right? So they're, they're thinking about it being somewhere in between. And I know they've gone through one-step equations, so we just set it up, 4x equals 18. Four times something equals 18. And you hear this kid shout out in the back, we, we just divide, we just divide. Amazing! So the kid is just dividing, doing 18 divided by 4. It's 4.5, Mr. Golden, it's 4.5, it's 4.5. And so you see a student with that joy of, identifying and know and realizing that they just multiply by 4.5 they eventually come up with you know their own strategy mr golden for all these problems i'm just going to divide and then multiply and i say you know and i talk them through well how did you get that well you know it's the inverse and then whatever i do on the top i do on the bottom and you hear them go through this and they're they're they're, they're trying to get to an understanding and once the, the the kid did that you know let's call the kid bob and we called it bob's method Mm. And we just slammed it on a poster. I love we it. We posted it up and the kids, are, you know, every class period is like, oh, I'm just going to use Bob's method. And then we had Katie's <laughs> method and Jerry's method. Nice. And we just posted it up. So nice. that's, that's just something that I really love. That's such empowerment for yes. them. Yes. Ownership. Yes. Ownership that's in the awesome. math. Yes, I'm too it. sensitive. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I could never be a teacher. Okay, well, Kenneth, you have to do us more favors before you leave. We want to hear yes. some of your teaching tips, some golden mm. nuggets, Golden nuggets. <laughs> it's interesting. My, my, my wife is... Uh, is uh, we're, we're having our second child, and, and we call her Golden Nugget. So, oh my gosh! Is, yes. Uh, so every time I hear Golden Nugget, I think of think of my wife. Well, um, now it means something less exciting today. It's about <laughs> teaching tips, but hopefully so, it's still good. So, so two things I would say in the secondary mathematics from six to twelve: continue the use of manipulatives. Mm. I don't care how old a kid is or whatever. Is that that ability to touch the math is super important. So, in, increase your use of algebra tiles. Increase your use of uh, color tiles. Increase your use of, you know, protractors. Get the models in the students' hands so that they can touch the math and be able to make those uh, those connections. And then continue, if you haven't started already, Pamela Harris does some awesome work with number strings and talking about how we can make patterns in purposeful problems. Uh, so I would encourage uh, teachers to take, you know, do a warm-up or a starting activity or an engagement activity to do a number string or do a number talk. Uh, continue the work that, that teachers in elementary school have been working so hard on. Just continue the work throughout middle school. So just put, you know, put things in the kids' hands and just work on those number strings and number sense talks. Do you endorse this message, Absolutely. Dr. Absolutely. I love those golden nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, thank you both so much, Dr. Leah Snell and Kenneth Golden, for just a window into the future for Georgia's secondary math teachers. Kenneth, we really appreciate your gold nuggets. You need to trademark that. Oh, there we go. I can see it now. Get on it. And Dr. Leah Snell from Georgia DOE, winning the superlative of most guest appearances so far. Way to go. Can we get some claps for her? Thank you, Kenneth. Where can fans send your fan mail? We could call it Snell mail. Where can they send it, Leah? Well, you have um, a P.O. box. <laughs> I do want to share that we have additional resources. All of our um, math, amazing math specialists, Mike and Carla and Janice and Issa, 
Um, all of our resources are available and all of our contact information is available on the GADOE webpage, GADOE.org slash mathematics. And also all of the resources we referenced today can be found there. Okay, so bookmark those sites, teachers, and get ready for the rollout because as you've heard, it's going to be lit. However the mathematics standards grow and evolve in Georgia, one standard remains the same. You're a great teacher. Goodbye. Goodbye.